0: I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. What a week of mass media mayhem. There was news busting out of every outlet. (laughs) Really a mad media frenzy, I feel, with all of us just trying to keep up. I've been resting my voice, too, since I lost it just after recording last time, so we'll see if it holds out for this epi. I did wake again without one. But the weekend kicked off with a bang, so there was another Clarko-related bombshell, kind of a crisis quote-unquote outcome for the club. There was the surprise announcement previously about Clarko's departure at the end of next season, but the latest news was that he won't be continuing with the club as previously determined So the club will effectively be paying him out, but he will not be continuing after this current season ends. So there was so much speculation, I feel, as soon as Hawthorne's succession plan, I guess, was revealed about whether or not he would end up even staying the length of his contract. And he was pretty adamant that he would stay through. But I have to admit, I mean, I always say either you jump or you're pushed. And this kind of feels like a hard shove out the door as it slams behind you. Maybe it's just me. So let me get this straight. You're getting rid of a seasoned, known, successful coach and ushering slash like rushing in someone who you really don't know if they will work out. I mean, if Jeff Kennett is just so sure, maybe he's seen something that we haven't seen yet. So that happened. And then on Friday our time, so that would make it Saturday for Australia, Queensland went into a snap lockdown really early. And games there were just immediately in limbo for the weekend. A bunch of games had to be diverted there since Queensland was still open. (laughs) And it was a bit of a scramble. A lot of teams had to flee the state that morning And teams were literally flying to their next destination for games. One plane diverted in the air. So Melbourne couldn't touch down. So they just went directly to their next destination. And I love Ghani's tweet about his teammate where he just kind of said something along the lines of, he slept the whole time, should I tell him (laughs) when he wakes up that he's landing in a completely different city And our game was also postponed and affected. So I was preparing to wake up. It was, I think, Friday night. I was getting ready to wake up at 5 in the morning on Saturday and just thinking, okay, I I mean, I'm not getting to bed early, so I'm going to have to get up in a few hours. And then that happened. So it actually got changed to an even worse time, (laughs) but we'll talk about that later. All this while like the Olympics have been on display and just forging ahead. So I loved seeing all of the AFL teams kind of watching Australian events during their lunch breaks and cheering on the athletes. So I love social media for that reason. But yeah, there were just quite a few matchups that I was looking forward to this weekend. And it was just a bit different than I think we all thought it was going to go down. (laughs) We will just get right to it though and kind of dive into that opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and just kind of where we're at now in New York City and also in Australia. So I just realized actually that I talk about my partner Andrew quite a bit and I always just say Andrew and I. So for anyone new here, you'll probably hear about him quite a bit, but we've really kind of charged ahead with decorating our place we've been putting together some furniture i love building and tools for that and andrew actually got me for my birthday i think in 2017 i want to say this drill set i don't know if i've talked about this before it's pink (laughs) but yeah we're just kind of waiting on a media console that should be delivered this week so that's kind of exciting And I'm looking forward to just being able to store some more things and just the challenges of kind of living in a smaller space. I think it's something that I'm still learning, (laughs) even though I should have lots of practice. But just thinking of creative pieces like a storage ottoman or just, I don't know, the dimensions of the walls kind of make it difficult for us to kind of tuck anything but I mean, when we're finished, I'll definitely be sharing on Insta and maybe with some stories there. But we saw our friend Sean over the weekend since he recently moved also. And I just have to say I had some plant envy when I saw his place. Um, I'm actually going to have some stories for that. I'll post some things on Insta. So after brunch we went to this really nice place on Elizabeth Street. I'm not sure what it's called I think it's like the Elizabeth Street garden or something and it's this outdoor public garden that will sometimes show movies this beautiful and relaxing setting. I have pictures of that too where we kind of just spent some time outside and in greenery and you know how much I love that and yeah my friend just always has plants and so he and my friend Veronica have kind of been trying to help me determine like what I want and kind of what I want to get I've never really been a succulent or plant person (laughs) I just really kind of want them to filter the air and also brighten up our place and I'm just really like in that space right now where I'm really loving them so I'm not necessarily I don't know some of the places that we've stayed at while we were gone had plants and I kept them all alive (laughs) so I'm thinking I don't need plants that necessarily like thrive on neglect but if you guys have any suggestions or that you know of plants that you have that you keep or you want to send me some inspiration with your space and what you have i would love to see them i'm just kind of deciding in the next couple of weeks and i would just love to see what you guys have (laughs) afl footy obsessed at gmail and afl obsessed on twitter instagram and facebook if you want to just kind of send me like a snippet or like a shot of something that you have going on. I would really love that. And New York City just announced that they will require proof of vaccination for anybody who wants to participate in the indoor activities. So that's restaurants, gyms, any entertainment spaces and performances. And that applies to all the workers at those places too. So it's similar to kind of the mandates that they had last month in France and in Italy. So I think we're the first in the US to do this, but it'll begin later this month after I guess like a transition period. And there will be some enforcement, I think when schools are expected to reopen and also just kind of all the workers returning to Manhattan. And Broadway has said that you must be vaccinated and you have to wear a mask in order to catch a show. But I guess the most major news in Australia, obviously, was just the Queensland lockdown. So they went into a snap lockdown. I think it's been extended in some areas. I will say I was surprised that the rugby league games that were scheduled for last weekend in Queensland went ahead as planned, even though the AFL teams were kind of forced to leave the state. I can't really rationalize all of that in my head. So if someone wants to explain to me how that happened, I just feel like there was a lot of shuffling around on the AFLs and kind of like a wedding planner when you just have to go into contingency planning due to inclement weather or whatever. And you just kind of want to keep everyone happy. That's part of the event. But they did manage to have all the games go down with such a quick turnaround. So I just... Really applaud the AFL for that. I feel like there's they're just like a trained ballerina. I don't know, where you kind of pivot and leap and execute with grace. I'm just really thankful that all the games did go down. It was a footy obsession like obsessives dream. (laughs) I can't talk. Where the games were stacked back to back in a five-game monster Sunday. So even though COVID wreaked havoc on the fixture, they were able to pull off every game of the round. So that was pretty amazing. Unfortunately for my super coach team, I just kind of rushed to captain someone with no loophole because I wasn't sure if the other games were going to be made up during the buys. So I just kind of freaked out and captained quickly. Not the best move. Maybe I'll tell you later who I ended up kind of throwing that on. At least everybody managed to grab some points, but there were some pretty disappointing things that happened there with my team. So I hope your team fared better. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights for round 20. So in the Hawthorne versus Brisbane game, which was when I was Honestly, looking forward to, because I just wanted to see how that would play out, especially with all of the Clarko issues happening behind the scenes. They did determine just before the game that they would be passing the reins like a year earlier than planned. So I wondered how the team would adapt to that. And going into this game too, Brisbane, or I'm sorry, Hawthorne was only separated by percentage from north in, like, last place. And that was just the only thing that kept them above them on the ladder. But this was such a surprising game. It was on TV. I was really excited about that. The Lions only had one point in the entire first quarter. Not something I expected. And they did rally and kick eight in the final, but it wasn't quite enough. But, yeah, Hawthorne kind of caused a whole bunch of... Front have turnovers to really create opportunities for their forwards, which was really exciting, and everyone really delivered on their behalf. There were a ton of exciting moments from this game, but I have to say the Bruce Goal and McStay's hanger are two of my favorite things that happened. And I know that Clarko kind of cited differences in game plan as to why they kind of had to fast-track this whole Hawthorne succession plan. But on Saturday in Tassie, Clarko's approach still seemed to kind of work. So I don't know. He still got it. I think that was really what we all learned at the end of the game. And I think I'm just really curious about how much influence Sam Mitchell really has at the moment on the playing group. And a really exciting part, I think of the game too, was just the medical sub for Brisbane, who was unused last week, Nakaya Kakatu. He's been a really exciting player for so long. He finally got some game time. I love a redemption story. I love a comeback story. And he hasn't played since round three of 2018 because of injury, and he got Brisbane's first goal of the game. So really exciting to see that happen. I think really exciting to see too Hawthorne's playing group kind of overcoming everything that's happening behind the scenes too and it was a shocking upset win so I was watching that game on tv and then of course my game wasn't on tv so I diverted to watch AFL, and watched my game at the same time. It kind of went off like sort of simultaneously, and then it just flowed right into after that Brisbane game to the next game that was on the same channel. <laughs> so I sort of watched like three games back to back. It was pretty hilarious. The change was to 1.10 a.m. my time. So again, I think the game ended just after 4 a.m. <laughs> so that was a rough change, but what a fight if you guys saw this game it was just an amazing effort on both sides and i am just so proud of that we never gave up in our fight so you don't typically see at the end of the season two teams like scoring above 100 points and that was just kind of like one of those shocking things where everything sydney did we had an answer for them everything Essendon did sydney had an answer Again, amazing effort and pressure from really, like, elite playing teams. There were some interesting calls, as always, but so many highlights for both teams. Zarrett, again, is just my absolute favorite for doing the things he does for the team and kind of doing my favorite thing, too, where he kind of lifts as he climbs. So he kind of inspires everyone to kind of just elevate, like, where they're at. But, yeah, an absolute footy overload in that game where the footy was everywhere all the action it was everything I wanted except we lost at the end but I do have to say it was one of the best games that I've seen this season (laughs) and in the Frio versus Richmond game so this was a game following ours that was also playing on the tv that I kind of had to watch back to back and I do think they were really really exciting games for the weekend. The craziest thing is at the end of our game, I was kind of keeping one eye on the TV, another eye on my laptop, kind of getting cross-eyed the whole time. But I looked up and Bailey Bancroft was being carried off of the field. So first I looked up and he was on the ground and not moving and it looked really dire and really serious. And then I looked down again and the next thing I knew, he The stretcher came out for me. He had to be carried off of the field with a neck brace. So he had this really scary tackle where he actually landed on his neck. But he ended up walking away towards the end of the game. I mean, he was fine and he was able to walk. So that's really comforting because I was really afraid that something was going to happen. But it was retro round. So Frio had their retro Guernsey. I absolutely loved it. And now they're back in the eight. So, you know, Andrew, of course, is just reminding me about his predictions when we came up with our ladder predictions at the beginning of the year. And I think the other surprises really for the weekend were just Carlton winning and keeping their chances alive and then Collingwood beat West Coast. In terms of headlines for the games, one, Jack Viney's incident of serious misconduct after some forceful contact with Sam Collins' neck was immediately reported to the tribunal. And I feel like if that incident kind of came out the other end with no penalty beyond a fine, I was really going to think seriously about whether or not the AFL really cares about protecting the head i know that comes across really harsh but he did end up getting a two match suspension so after the whole buddy affair last week i honestly you know this was actually a way worse move and it would have been a really bad look for the game i think had that outcome been different and two Frio's assistant coach was stood down and there was a player concerned too with two people from the team kind of breaking strict quarantine when they got back to their state. I guess for the assistant, the police showed up at his home a number of times and he wasn't there. So that's kind of scary. Three, a North player, Cunnington had emergency surgery for a testicular tumor. Um, Not something I normally would expect to happen. Um, I'm really glad that that was taken care of and I hope he's okay following Just not something that I thought that would come across the timeline, I guess. And four, Bevo had some comments about how the AFL shouldn't monitor boxing in terms of training. I know there was a little bit of controversy a few weeks ago, if you remember, where Hawthorne was kind of caught boxing in terms of conditioning for player training which was a surprise to me honestly tell me if this is what they've always done but that wasn't something i expected as part of their training routine i see a lot of like pilates um moves i see a lot of weight training they have so many different ways of going about it but i haven't seen boxing and they ended up concussing one of their own players so it was an interesting comment from bevo I kind of wanted to know what you guys feel about that because i just wasn't expecting him to maybe take that side and also feel that way i do think that if we care about protecting the head i do think maybe we shouldn't be boxing again i'm not really like a phys- physical person so that's just kind of how i see it but I mean, what did you guys think of all of that definitely share your thoughts with me um and what you thought about the round two and what you're looking most forward to this week okay it's intermission so during this time let's just cut away to other sports so the nba draft happened right here at the barclays center so i was really excited i love that space and the sixth overall pick was an australian so that was really exciting G. Josh Giddy, I want to say, went to OKC, so he's going to Oklahoma City Thunder, and that makes him the fifth Australian-born player to be taken within the lottery on draft night, but he's a teen. He's 18, so congrats, congrats, and I just look forward to following your career now. As for the Olympics, I have been watching quite a bit of it, especially with track and field, and especially with Andrew there, I'm obviously cheering for Australian athletes too. Some of them have been really, really exciting. I'm just maybe cheering a little louder (laughs) for Americans. Um, But one thing I did learn was that the athletes are kind of kicked off the campus pretty much as soon as their events are over. I think that they have to leave within 24 hours of their last event. So that was something I didn't expect. But it seems to be like a really efficient year. I also think it was really surprising to learn, too, that Tokyo made their Olympic medals all from discarded laptops and electronics. So I thought that was a really exciting point and kind of a great way to make the games more green. But gymnastics and Suni Lee. I just have to applaud her. She's part of the Hmong community. I'm so proud of her. I'm so proud of her for stepping up, especially when some other teammates kind of had to take a back seat. So that was a really, really exciting moment. And I just kind of want to see more of her. I want to see more of her career. I just want to see, honestly, more people like her, but I love her so much. So this is just a Suni Lee appreciation moment. And in the high jump, there was a really exciting moment, I thought, when both Italy and Qatar kind of tied. And I was like, oh, how are they going to settle this? You know, I always love that question. But the funniest thing was that they offered the two competitors either a jump off or they would award both with a gold medal. Uh, First of all, I don't know that that I didn't know that that situation would happen or could happen, but also that they would just have an all or nothing chance I mean, who would choose jump off in that situation? Not me. Obviously, I would want a gold medal and I'll pick that every time. But that was a really interesting and exciting moment. And they kind of both looked at each other and were like, yeah, we'll take a medal. So that was kind of fun. But there was another moment in the equestrian part of the Olympics that really kind of surprised me. So there's this Australian athlete named Andrew Hoy, who's show jumping is just so brilliant he's just such a regal looking rider and he managed to just get two individual medals i want to say a silver and a bronze i guess 37 years after he made the first of his appearances at the olympics so this is his eighth appearance massive props to him Also, he's 62 years old, so that was just kind of an amazing thing for me. I mean, you're inspiring all of us to just keep going. He's in amazing shape. So that was just another moment of celebration, I think, from the Olympics that it's just fun, but also surprising in a great way. And now we're on to act two, where we chat about relevant footy topics and issues. Okay, look, I know this is an intermission, but just kind of follow me down this rabbit hole. So the Mets recently acquired Javier Baez from the Chicago Cubs because they just need some extra magic. They've actually been leading the National League East for months, if you care about baseball at all. So they are in contention. They kind of bolstered their infield with this player. He just does a lot of things like offensively, defensively, he is a base runner. He just brings, like, star power and style, and he has this slick glove work that I really think can just add so much. So kind of at the 11th hour of trading before deadline, you know, Baez is eligible for free agency at the end of the season, but they made that trade happen. And that just really reminded me of the endless <laughs> debate about whether or not the AFL should have a midseason trade, period. So this is something that's been debated for a really long time. It was something I questioned as soon as I started watching the sport and really getting into it. So what would be the point of this? I know we've mentioned it a little bit before, but what would be the point of the draft and how would it work? hypothetically, obviously, this is just kind of how I've worked it out in my mind. So for the top eight teams that kind of have a chance at a premiership, they could really look at their list and see where they might have a hole or some kind of a gap. And that could be due to their injury list or just not having an option in that role on their team. And they could maybe snag a player from one of the bottom teams. So again, purely hypothetical. For example, you know, Melbourne could look at their list and think, we need someone to help us get there. And a bottom tier team could give up, say, a star player in exchange for a high, high price point and some really high draft picks so that it's, you know, going to help both teams out. I think at first I was thinking like how like, what would the bottom team get if they're also trying to build a better group? Like, how is it beneficial to them? But they would get a higher price in return on that trade than potentially at the end of the year. So they would potentially pay more midseason, like I've said, for, say, Melbourne to get a star player from a team to just kind of help them to boost their chances and fill an immediate and intense need. So maybe also Hawthorne could be like, who wants Tom Mitchell, you know, and maybe Melbourne pulls the trigger and they're thinking for the first time in 50 years or whatever, you know, we might not get that chance again. So of course you'd wait until like the last minute to suss out like your team's chances and where you stand before you go all in on a player. I do really think though it would boost a top team. And for a bottom team, it would really kind of help them build on their future. If you get a whole host of draft picks, the key being, again, that you'll get a higher price for that bottom team. They'll get a higher price than they would at the end of the year when all the teams are wondering, you know, if the player will be any good next season. It's right in the middle of the action when they're strongest, right when they're kind of giving it their all. I will say all of that with kind of like an asterisk that... I still think a player has to make above a certain threshold kind of a star player type pay in order to be eligible for something like this or even be impacted by this because it really does kind of shake up your life if you have to pick up and move. In a sense, though, you wouldn't lose anything if trading, I feel like it would be mutually beneficial for both parties. Otherwise, they wouldn't agree to it. I do think there's no way this could happen, though, without player consent. And that is something that the coaches and I think the AFL has also debated about whether or not they can trade players without their consent. I'm not saying that I think all sports need to become more American in this way or to even mimic our models, to be honest. It is something I imagine would have to be proposed to the AFL Players Association and kind of written into their contracts. If you don't get their consent, it wouldn't go through. So at least from my research, I've found where, because it could really affect like playing group culture and just the bonds that are formed when you're in a playing group. So Essendon kind of pushed out Dima I want to say at the end of 2001 and it really messed with the culture of the playing group more recently we all remember the Collingwood Treloar mess when Buckley kind of delivered like a mind F to Treloar by telling him that the senior leadership group didn't like him and didn't want him anymore on the team and that really everyone just wanted him off the team To someone with, again, known mental health concerns, that was just really insane. So if we had a mid-season trade, this type of thing I feel would never have happened. All that said, I'm not certain that I want this to happen. It's just something that I've really wondered about and really worked through in my mind quite a bit. I guess my question is... Do you think, one, a midseason trade will eventually be implemented? I'm really curious about your thoughts on that. And two, if you think we'll see that in our lifetime, because I think, honestly, if a coach ever gets appointed to the head of football position at the AFL, which is open right now and which still could happen considering who they're reportedly considering, I think this could happen because I think it would be a discussion that would be much more in the forefront of their minds in terms of implementing. Has a coach ever been in that role also? As far as I know, there hasn't, but someone please inform me because I am really curious about if that goes down, but also what you guys think about whether or not it's possible and also if you want that to happen. Obviously, if you're a player, you don't. To be honest, I don't know if I'd go for it. I don't know if this is something I'd want, not just because of where we are, but mostly just how it affects everything else that's going on. And I think if this isn't something, you know, I don't think it necessarily needs to change, but let me know your thoughts and let me know if you agree with me. But now it's the after show. Since there's no wrap up this week. And I just have to give props to Maine from Collingwood because he's retiring after the season. And I also just wanted to let you guys know that I'm bringing the minis back. (laughs) So I want to relaunch the stories. I'd love to hear from you guys if you want to be a part of it. But I'll be bringing them back so you can kind of hear some of my favorites. And just to continue to add because I really think that the minis are something that have been requested quite a bit. But thanks guys for listening, rating, and subscribing. And thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon.